What up, Asymmetry? This is Todd Schlafer. I'm out here at Bonsai Mirai. And tonight, me, Troy, and Ryan sit down and we just catch up about what we're doing uh, during this period. And then also, I don't know, we had some good insights about, about repotting and how plants react and kind of our observations on our reaction to them and maybe some ways that we've learned during this time when we're able to focus on these plants on how we can make some of those adjustments. So I hope you all enjoy this and uh, it's great to be back on here. Yeah. Uh, so you've been home a lot though. Yeah. Since May, uh, May, March 17th. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've traveled some, so I came back from the trophy and then I was home two days. I went to Kansas city came home for a day or two, went to Tennessee. And then from there, I was supposed to go travel around. And it was, that's when everything was shutting down. And mm-hmm. so I just, I, I canceled all my trips from there. I don't know, maybe for till the end of the month. And I just came home. And then as things went on, it was all out of state stuff where I was going to fly. And it's like, I'm not going to, mm. I wasn't going to fly anywhere at that time. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so I've been home. I've been home. A lot. I mean, I hadn't been home more than two or three weeks in three years yeah. at a time. So it's been, it's, yeah, it's been wonderful. Yeah. You know, it's like, I, I, I don't want people to lose their jobs. I don't, you know, like all that that's going on, but it's really been wonderful to be home. As a bonsai professional. As a bonsai professional. Yeah. 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 You didn't quit working, did you? No, I did not. Yeah. <laughs> No, we just kept on going. Yeah. Everyone everyone else scattered, but uh, Ryan and I continued on because what are you going to do, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you could. Because we had a separation between us, you know, so that wasn't really that that big of an issue. And uh, um, what we were doing at our house and what Ryan was doing was 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 okay for us to be together, you know? Yeah, it worked out. Yeah, it worked it out okay. Yeah, yeah. It worked out okay. We had... Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's space up here, and mm-hmm. we just kind of each carved out our own niche and did what we yeah. had to do, mm-hmm. got yeah. it done. Mm-hmm. It, and I said, I said this, I think, in the Ian Hunter podcast. If there was a, a moment in time for things to be shut down and to just be able to focus on on Mirai, this this spring really mm. demanded that from mm. Troy and I, and it's mm, that's good. It was necessary that that happened, mm-hmm. just because things things were things needed our very close attention, and I think collaborative problem solving went a long mm-hmm. ways towards getting everything back on the right track. What would you say? I, I like that. There there is a positive spin on this. Yeah, so mm-hmm. that's good. Yeah, um, yeah. If we would have just kept on, you know, we would have just kept on, just you know. Uh, stepping over the problems yep. you know and yep. not really putting any sort of time or attention to yep. those to try to fix them but this this has given us the time to to do some projects that we've been you know hoping mm-hmm. to do yep. we've done those focusing our attention on on the uh, on the garden at this point so yeah. yeah i think we're doing good yeah the the sheer amount of time that a singular tree takes whether it's wi- wiring it or watering it or the the thing about Mr. Kimura's place in Japan is he had five, six apprentices most of the time. Mm-hmm. So you have a lot of people power in five or six apprentices. Granted, you have to manage all of that, and that's five or six people to screw things up royally. Mm. 
But <laughs> as long as, and he passed down sort of the power structure to the oldest senpai and apprentices. Uh, but when you think about just cleaning off compacted soil off of the surface of the trees and vacuuming mm. some of the trees that have needed it for a while, that's a time consumptive mm. thing. There's a physicality to moving it. There's a disposal of the soil. There's a running of the power cord and the back. All of these things as a singular task are very easy, effortless, mm -hmm. right? But when you stack them all on top of each other and you have 200 of those yeah. <laughs> out of 900 oh, trees, which yeah. is not, a, that's not an abnormal number on any given year. If you're or fertilizing with organic, you're amassing this significant root system to have to clean off 100, 120 mm. trees, soil surfaces over the course of the year. It's pretty standard. Uh-huh. Wow. But man, it, when when we don't have the time to do it and you're just sort of just barely getting by, just barely, that is a really crummy feeling. And this year I feel like we've been able to really prioritize the trees. Um, but I miss all I miss all the students. It's great to have. Yeah. It's great to have you here. Mm -hmm. I know it's yeah. And I was really I was really happy we were having classes and I was able to come out. You yeah. know, I I really was. It's I always look forward to this and you know what it does what it does for me personally as a professional and my just yeah the growth process you know but yeah. it's also i don't know it was nice to roll the dice and get on a plane it's mm. kind of odd as that is but at mm. the same time it's like i don't know it, i just i don't know sometimes you get tired of being being afraid to go outside and being afraid to go to the park and being afraid to go to the store and being you know yeah. and it's like i'm just I'm not going to be afraid of this, you know, I'm, I'm just going to go, but it's still jumped back into the abyss. Yeah. But what that means for other places, you know, that I have scheduled, it's like, I don't know. Cause I've been just, even now I've gone to a couple places, but it's just, it's places I could drive. Yeah. I haven't, I hadn't been on a plane yet, you know? So, yeah. Well, and I think it's, the, the reason, because we haven't had classes since the first, the spring classes happened and we canceled all summer classes mm -hmm. and we had, we had, have had the intensives. We had an intensive earlier this month with three students, four students, and we had this intensive with three students. And it's, the workshop is capable of facilitating that because we can all have our space. We can kind of give each other a wide berth and it makes, I think it makes everybody feel relatively comfortable. Mm -hmm. But uh, classes with a more significant population and also intensives are more advanced students. And so it, everybody knows the structure and system right. and we can kind of focus on those specific things. But <clears throat> it'll be interesting when we get into the fall mm -hmm. to see where things are at and how we have to decision make around that. Mm -hmm. But but I know. I know that. Uh, I know that getting on an airplane sounds very romantic right now. <laughs> it sounds to, to think about not, not like romanticizing getting on an airplane and dealing with all the stuff, but just the thought of like back in the day we used to get on an airplane and, and I knew I was always going to get sick when I got on an airplane, Yeah, but I didn't have to worry about it being, you know, it's like, I'm, I'm going to have, I'm going to have a cold. I'm going to feel like yeah. shit at the trophy, but I'm, I don't have to, there's so much more that comes with it. Now, that romantic thought of not being af uh, afraid to get on a plane, I, I see where you come from, where it's yeah. just like, just to jump into the abyss a little bit and be like, I, I'm just tired of being afraid. Yeah. 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 Was that your first time on the plane since this whole thing hit? Yeah. I mean, I flew home from Tennessee in the middle of March. So what was different? What was surprising to you? So you get your ticket, you go through the 
TSA and all that. Yeah, but like they didn't check my temperature, um, which I, th- I thought they Who'd you fly? Southwest. Oh, I thought they said they were checking everybody's temperature. I thought so too. Yeah. But I mean, they didn't. I And if I, like if I didn't feel good, I would have let you know. Yeah. You know, and been like, they seen his name and they said, oh, this one's running hot. Yeah. yeah right, right. We don't need to check. He's, we don't need to check. We don't need to check here. No, he's but just they, intuitively hot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I just, I run it hot. Um, but they, like going through the TSA was quick, getting onto the plane. It was easy. Like it was Southwest. I love Southwest. Mm-hmm. Um, what was DIA like? A ghost town. Was it? There was not, there was hardly anyone there. It took maybe five minutes, three minutes to get through the TSA. It's like you just walk up. There were two people in front of me. All, all the, I mean, I left on a Tuesday. My flight was at 12, you know? Yeah. So late, late morning, early afternoon. And it was just, there was, there, there were not many people there. Unbelievable. I've never yeah. seen DIA a ghost town. No. When I flew home, my last trip when I was in Tennessee, and it's like, I'm canceling all the trips. I'm coming home. I flew home at night, and there was no one. There was no one in the airport. It was the creepiest thing I'd ever seen. Wow. Like, literally. Apocalyptic almost. It was me and maybe two other people on a plane flying home. That was it. Whoa. It was crazy. Wow. Uh Uh-huh. Dang. It was pretty, it was wild. But you saw those photos because they never stopped flying. And you'd see those photos of one person uh-huh. being on a plane. And yeah. it, I, oh man, that, that is some post-apocalyptic stuff right there. Yeah. That those, the images that ha, have, have been distributed about those like singular experiences just really freak me out. No, mile, Twilight high, zone. no mile high club activities going on <laughs> no. there, huh? It was... <laughs> at least not, not it, 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 it was seems a solo as though club. that may not have been conducive to mile high activity <laughs> that's right oh my gosh yeah yeah so, so you've been focusing a lot on getting raw trees styled refining your tree what like where is your right so where's your attention and what what have you noticed or evolved as a professional with this time yeah so like late like starting in march I repotted like I repotted a lot of trees, which I'd wanted to also for a while. And I wanted to this year, but looking at my schedule, I wasn't going to have the time. Mm -hmm. So I was able to get a lot of that done, which, which was, which was great. But a lot of it was like really big trees that I was doing by myself. Mm -hmm. And so that's like a whole challenge in itself, trying to get all that. But like, I really, I focused on repotting, but also there were trees that I just let grow that were, like the big fur, mm-hmm. um, a couple big furs. Also, yeah. Before I, I'll, I'll have to rein myself in here because I'm all excited. But yeah. like furs that I, that I that I that I I'd let overgrow that I didn't have time partially because, like, I'm gonna be home and maybe I have a day that tree's gonna take more than a day. And mm-hmm. so I just I didn't have, I didn't have the time to do it. But it just like grew and then going back in. And then really looking at like structure and like working trees that were already designed. I I learned a lot this year from looking at structure mm-hmm. of trees and how they were built, not look not trying to go from a raw piece to, you know, a design tree. But I paid I paid more attention, I guess, to say of how how trees were built mm-hmm. and trying to look at that. And then when I'm designing 
trees from raw, you know, like pulling from that, but also like when I was working for Danny, uh, out there in, in Belgium at his place, like I learned a lot from that on structure, you know, and, and like lines and, and one thing, cause you were out there and mm-hmm. there was one point I was working on a tree and I was like, what do you think? It's like, well, this line, and I'd take this and push it back. And so understanding how to break up some lines mm-hmm. so you don't see like that whole thing, it, it stuck with me. So then when I was like, or reworking trees and seeing, oh, this line is too long. I can push this to the back, you know? Yeah. So it's like yeah. using depth of field too, mm-hmm. to, to give like dimensionality, but also to shorten branches. I, you know, and it's like it, of of course that makes sense, but a lot of it it just it started clicking a little more to where yeah, like I could see something and I could tell I I was able to tell okay this can go here and like you start rotating everything and then yeah you, you know can see, so, you can see it in your work you can see it your work is uh, consistently just elevating in its level and quality it's really it's it's pretty monumental if if people aren't following your progression on on your social media outlets, then they're really missing something that's pretty, it's, it, you, you have something very unique in that you're investing the effort and you're thinking very intentionally and you have a background that already gives you a head start. And, uh, the progression that I think probably took myself as an apprentice a longer time to figure out and stuff you're figuring it out very quickly because i think you you speak the language or you have that design vernacular already and and you're invested in it but i think you you being home and seeing the work you've been doing has been very very fruitful yeah yeah yeah. and so i think so too because it's like i'm i'm trying to i'm taking more time and i'm playing more Mm -hmm. you know and i remember like when i was here once and and we were working on uh, the hairy tree. And you're like, I'm just playing right now. And it's like, oh, I need to play more, you yeah. know, instead of having like something in my head and seeing something, it's like, this tree can look like this. It's like, well, let's, let's play a little and what see. When and it's like, this? nope, this doesn't work. This doesn't work. This doesn't work. But, yeah. you know, and so I, I really do. I also don't, like, you don't want to, I don't think, get in a mindset where like musicians, when they sit at home and they play by themselves. You can tell versus people that go and collaborate with other musicians, right? Oh, because this is they what you pick, were saying the other night. Yeah, yeah they I, pick, I didn't quite understand. They this. pick up things quicker. They evolve. They grow quicker. Um, but I think actually, me being home and playing by myself has mm-hmm. has helped me learn things and um, yeah, just get better at at my profession yep you know yep. so i'm not saying that everyone but it, it's like I, I don't know in a way i think doing bones eye to yourself like with yourself if you are trying to push and get better and learn there is something about being by yourself you have to have i feel like i feel like the bones eye learning trajectory is you learn a new technique and that gives you a new capacity that has a very a very vertically oriented growth, right? And then you're going to 
level off in your growth because you have to work that and you've got to see where it applies and when it applies and the trees that it applies to and when it doesn't work. And then when it doesn't work, what do you do? And, Mm -hmm. you know, and then you kind of accumulate that and then boom, you hit that next growth phase where you come to that next discovery. I don't think a lot of people treat bonsai as a medium where you have to work it out. Hmm. This is where um, when you study an artist like Van Gogh, and you recognize this guy compulsively drew hands and people and his paintings were were pretty shitty for a majority <laughs> mm-hmm. of his career until he found this like magical stroke of genius yeah. and he only produced a very limited number of pieces with with his style that became famous before he unfortunately died mm-hmm. but you watch the progression up to that and you can see the build but it's like wow that was just a an absolutely prolific career of subpar painting mm. and drawing at, mm. at best. At best. Yeah. And to, and to recognize that you have to diligently and prolifically work and to not treat bonsai in that fashion, I think is, is, is to not necessarily pursue it as an art or understand what the medium demands. Cause it's, it's quite demanding. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, yeah, just, it, it's just, it's interesting because it's condensed and I'm watching you go through those phases and it's it's pretty cool, pretty okay, cool. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. It, it creates, it gives watching your evolution, particularly via the tools that we have available to us right now. It, it gives people the capacity to 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 track your progress, mm-hmm. and that's not not to like draw attention to it and and have everybody be like, no, we get to see if Todd's growing or not, you know. Yeah. But it's mm-hmm. it's just like there's a lot of there's been a lot of growth that's happened there. Yeah, if I and, can make one recommendation. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you've got 6,700 followers on Instagram, right? Mm-hmm. So you do the the rotating of the, of the tree, right? Uh-huh. You know, like on, on the boxing matches, you got that bikini model that comes through with yeah. around, you know, one, two, uh-huh. and three. You need to get a bikini model to should turn I do, those should trees I do it? for you. Yes. Yes, you yeah, should. That would be. Yes, you should. Yes, you a ma- do. Yeah. A, a tube top a and male, maybe a some male, short shorts? Yes, a male bikini model. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Why would you not? I mean... All right. Okay. Seriously. <laughs> I, I may do that. Show off that Colorado tan. Yeah. <laughs> the Colorado well, tan. Actually, on the last tree on the common juniper, I was going out to do it because I was taking pictures. It's like, oh, I'll do a 360. And it's like, oh, I should probably should put a shirt on because I didn't have a shirt on. And I was like, will they see? It's like, I should probably put a shirt on. So, <laughs> But I it's think- kind of fun with that because like I did, and I don't know like how much of this like people actually catch, but like I did this blue spruce that Smaug mm-hmm. that, that you initially designed. Yeah. And so I did that. I did the 360, but for the music, I don't know if anyone ever has the music on. And it was like the theme to the Hobbit, right? And so on the last one, the Comet, I couldn't think of a like Comet. It makes you vomit. So, do, you know, it's like I, I couldn't find that, but it's like, <laughs> oh, I'll do uh, Bjork and Aurora, you know? So oh, it's like nice. whenever, I don't know if anyone ever listens to it. And yeah, sometimes, into that music some, yeah, sometimes it, ha- it like it connects to the name or, or a feeling and sometimes it doesn't, mm-hmm. but it's, it's, it's just kind of, do you, do you, you know what I think the, <laughs> uh, you know what I think this time for everybody to be at home has done is I think it's allowed a lot of bonsai practitioners and professionals to, to, uh, to be more, Hmm, to be more themselves. Like 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 these little pieces and seeing your growth and evolution and seeing it happen in this condensed sort of pressure cooker of the pandemic. But like Peter Warren, 
and Peter Warren streams and uh, you know like oh, he's always looking in the camera <laughs> yeah, it's, like, wow. it's so Peter it's Peter it, it is, is. Peter it's like in oh, yeah, 120% that. that is Peter yeah. and it's just like yeah. oh man that is awesome yeah it's awesome that is awesome it's yeah. just it, people being themselves and doing what they do which is which is a part of everything that's created by an individual because you intuitively can't run away from yourself in the art of bonsai mm-hmm. but that character coming out in a in a more uh, I, like I think a a, a more visible way has mm. been really really enjoyable <laughs> to watch, and 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 we have the time to watch it. Uh-huh. We have the what we have the time to we watch it time. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been pretty crazy. Yeah. Has uh, I I continue to as many times as we've podcasted, we never talk about how crazy doing bonsai on the front range of Colorado is. Mm-hmm. And we kind of had that conversation earlier today with the hail, with temperature. That is one of the most volatile weather areas yeah. in North America yeah. along the Rocky Mountains on, on the eastern slope in the front range. Yeah, and I think it's even worse if you went a little further east. Mm. You know, because it's bad in Denver, but at least for hail, tornadoes, uh, like windstorms, like I think a little for in those plains yeah. east of Denver, you know, it's even worse there. And like I've looked, like you look for property, you know, it's like, oh, a couple acres, let's see what I can find. It's like, oh, yeah. And I don't know where, in Lyman, like, or what, you know, there's, sure. and it's like, there's no way I'm moving the line. Yeah, right. Right. It's, it's just the weather is brutal. It's like I'll get hailed every. You'd get hail once a week out there. I'm sure Jeez. to some to, in the summer, like to some degree, there'll be because the storms out there. I don't know. Not to hit knock on Lyman, but no, but it's it it's, is it's real. It's, it's, it's like a bowling alley yeah. for tornadoes. It it's super gnarly and yeah. But I, <clears throat> Adam Johnson was up here, uh, in the spring class, and then went back, and you. You guys will will consistently get 70, 75 degrees, and then all of a sudden you'll have a 17 yep. or a 12-degree yep. night, and it'll snow on you in May. And it's yep. just like, how do you do bonsai? How do you do bonsai? I, I, I don't even understand. I'm, on, I'm from the western slope of Colorado. It is far more docile on the western slope of the continental divide. Yeah, so I was lucky that I was home this year because I did – a bunch of repotting. I had trees out. It was like upper 60s, low 70s. And then all of a sudden, 17 was coming. Yeah. And so then I had to take, I just had to take everything that I'd out, put it back in my greenhouse or put it in my garage with a heater for five days because it was freezing every night for five days and it warmed back up. Um, but also, I mean, so it's a lot of moving. But last year in October, I was in New York and I was looking at the weather, 60s, 70s, you know, it was fine, fine. And then I was going to drive back, and I'm looking, it's like, it's going to get down to 15. I was leaving Tuesday. By Thursday night, it was going to get down to 15. Wednesday night, it was going to get down to 24 and tons of snow. So I I was driving back because I was picking up trees. So I drove, worked all day. Picked up trees at five at night, drove from there to Chicago, slept for two hours, drove from Chicago to Denver. And then, so that I drove from New York to home on two and a half hours of sleep. And then I spent another two hours in the rain because the rain, it had started putting trees like on the ground or in my garage or in a greenhouse just to get them on the ground because 
because they were going to, they would suffer, you know, going from 60, we hadn't had a, a freeze. And then all of a sudden it's going to go down to that. So bone size, a, bo- bone size is an absolutely absurd thing to do. <laughs> yeah. It's an absolutely, what are you doing yeah. over there? Yeah. What do you do? What do you, what do you, what, do you, what? Co- Colorado jokes? <laughs> oh, let's hear it. Let's, <laughs> let's hear one. Play them on us. Divorced couples in Colorado are having trouble deciding who gets the marijuana. The judges have stated issuing joint custody. <laughs> <laughs> so for everybody knows Troy that listens to the podcast and, and consumes some portion of Mariah content, but nobody knows Troy's <laughs> <Yeah>. jokes. <laughs> this is really special at this moment in time. Uh, there was another one that was pretty funny. What you only had two jokes out of... No, there's a whole list of I was going to say, know? there's got to be a lot uh, of There's got to be Colorado a lot of Colorado jokes. jokes. Well, why do butchers avoid buying cattle from Colorado? Because the stakes were too high. <laughs> you I know, mean, they're really but you could plug wah, in Wyoming or really, Montana yeah, to that one. That's, really, not that's a, true, huh? Yeah, they're really focusing on the fact that marijuana is. I was going to say, let's gonna, hear some more marijuana. I would have to. So, I yeah. would have. I would assume the cannabis jokes would be abundant. Yeah, yeah, cannabis. Yeah, line would correct me there. So, um, <laughs> let's see here. How dare you? Oh, here, this is a good one. With all the tax dollars, weed sales in Colorado is raising for education. Those schools are going to be dope. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, okay, moving on here. But Bonsai in Colorado is is pretty hard. Whenever we have classes (laughs) and Troy will go into the jokes, it's the ultimate, like, Crickets chirping, which is what makes it so special. I love it. I love your oh, jokes, Troy. What do you call a good-looking girl on the University of Colorado campus? What? A visitor. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that one. That, one, that one's questionable. <laughs> oh, you universities. Oh, CU State. Colorado University State. Not CU Boulder. CU in Greeley. I'm not for Colorado. Or Fort Collins. Fort Collins. Maybe that's it. Huh. That, that may that may be valid. I don't know. I, I I I don't know. I don't know. I would I would say women in Colorado are quite attractive. On a on on a large scale, I would say people in Colorado are quite attractive. Yeah, it's one of the most physically fit states in the nation. In fact, it might be the most physically fit state in the nation. Hmm. Well, this joke would would suggest otherwise. Well, it says, "Why did Northern Colorado disband its water polo team?" Why? All the horses drowned. Oh, oh no. Jeez. Oh, no. Wow. <laughs> That's hardcore. Yeah. That's hardcore. Oh. Uh, the, uh, <laughs> I don't know where to go from there. Well, doing bonsai in Colorado. Yeah, yeah bring us back. I bring mean, us it's... back. <laughs> bring us back. It's challenging. Pull but up. At, but at the same time, like, I feel... I don't know. Like, I don't make it excuses or anything. You know, it's like, well, everyone deals with big temperature shifts. And, like, we may get more hail than most people. Um, and, two, it's like because of our elevation. So we're higher up. And so the sun, like the, I don't know, the UV index up there is a little more, it's it's more severe. So yeah. that that is something, you know, to deal with. Because, like, if you come out here... When it's 90 degrees, it's hot, you know, but in Denver at times you feel like your head's going to catch on fire, you yeah. know, because, because, uh, 
the sun so much stronger, but um, I don't know, but it's a great, I think it's a great, a great place to do bonsai. So you know, what is, explain to me, what, what does the hill do? The what? Hill. What, what does it do in Colorado? I mean, it, how does it impact the bonsai? I mean, we get hail that's a marble or golf ball size. Mm-hmm. I mean, it decimates trees. So I, I would decimates. imagine it would decimate deciduous trees, right? But I mean, what does it do to the ponderosas and the spruces? And I mean, I mean it'll break it... needles. But in 2017, I was going to New Mexico. We got a hail... The entire state of Colorado got a hailstorm. I had four inches because I had Will Kearns, my buddy Will, and my sister went to like my house to look mm-hmm. and they said there were four inches of hail. So I, there's nothing I could do. I went to New Mexico work, came home and there, and on this big fur that I worked this year, there was a branch hanging by eight gauge wire and branches hanging by 10 gauge wire that were, had completely broken off. They were just hanging there. Wow. Yeah. So hail just frightening. Yeah. yeah. That's Seriously. Really I mean, it, frightening. Yeah. It's hard to, it's hard to fathom that. Except for seeing when I was a kid, like auto dealerships in Denver after mm-hmm. a hailstorm, like hail fire sales of autos that are just look like they've been machine gun shot with dents yeah. from a hailstorm. Yeah. And you're like, well, that just destroyed every vehicle on that yeah. hmm. auto dealership lot. Remember, we, we took a drive through Lake Como and there was a Mercedes dealership that was in the area. And there was this netting that was above all the tr- mm-hmm. all the cars, right? And so the person we were with had mentioned to us that that was for the hell. Yep. You keep the hell off the cars. Mm-hmm. Yep. So Endeavor. Yeah, I was actually, I was driving up to the mountains last week and I was, you know, this turn, there's a car dealership right there. And I was like, what's that? It's like, oh, that's, that's, you know, hail netting for them or, you know, whatever the sales that they put over. It's like this, it's for hail. It's to prevent hail damage. Yeah. I, I, I would, uh, I would definitely proactively shield my garden from hail <laughs> yeah. yeah i think the the welded wire uh, yeah. the welded wire mesh screen just yeah. as a instead Quarter of a shade cloth or... yeah you yeah. just have a welded wire mesh structure above your garden and mm. that way it at least breaks the hail up into smaller particles slows it down could look architecturally nice maybe somehow i think it looked cool i think it would look really cool and yeah. it could be a structure for your shade cloth as yeah. well i Mm-hmm. It seems like if the if the ash is coming down, there's a lot of opportunity there. Yeah, yep. I know. I was looking at that. It's like, all right, how do you how do you build it, mm-hmm. or where do you you know where do you put it? How do you attach it? Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. We just need to we just need to go out and spend a solid like ten days, <laughs> ten days, and just absolutely pedal to the metal, yeah. crush out <laughs> some infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Get a semi to move all the trees. Get a semi. Because we need Call that. up Adam. Yeah. Take a little trip. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then once it's an open, open, clean slate, just absolutely yeah. de- demolish. Yeah. That would be really fun. I don't know what it looks like to do that kind of renovative work in, in the middle of a city, though. You're in you're in a city. Yeah, I'm in I'm in Denver. Yeah. So it's like the Denver Lakewood border but i'm within a few miles of downtown so has it been hot this year um i mean i don't i don't think it's been overly hot Uh we've gotten into the 90s um but two i'm having a hard time compare it to the last three years because i've never been home oh yeah you know so it's like 
so I've had a hard time. But also in August, I know in Denver in August is when we'll start hitting. End of July, August is when we'll hit the hundred degree mark. Mm-hmm. And so we haven't we haven't hit it yet. We've hit upper nineties, but I don't I don't believe we've hit a hundred yet. So does uh what is the high intensity ultraviolet index? What does that do to your trees? Um, I think I mean so a lot of things it'll it burns them. It'll yeah. it'll it'll burn them, um, especially like Engelmans and stuff like that. I found though with blue spruce, even the blue spruce that I have around where some of my ponderosas are, they just set the biggest, juiciest buds. They're also not in uh, bonsai containers yet, so mm-hmm. it's like raw stock. So there's you know more water that they can pull from, but they're they're in the hottest, sunniest place, and they they have the fattest, juiciest buds. You know, so they just eat it up. They eat it up, yeah, which mm. is really. If you put them there right after collection, they'd burn. Yeah. But once, like that following year, if you if you put them there, they they do really well. The blue spruces do really well. Um, ponderosas, I mean, the ponderosas, junipers, they all like if they're established, they do okay. The thing I worry about the most are just are like Engelmans. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's like those Engelmann spruces. But I mean, it's I don't know. It's like that much heat. They dry out pretty quickly, you know, and so it's like always, um, I don't know, just staying on top of that. Do you and, do you see the texture of the leaf change? Like like if you've had a tree here and then yes. it goes back yeah, there, sure. Does it get thicker? Uh, yes. More rigid. Yeah, it does. And then like the color changes too from from out here to there. So whenever like I would bring a tree back that was here, I would keep it. I would keep it shaded from any of the afternoon to late sun for s- several weeks. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah, especially junipers. It seems like the texture of junipers, like, well, they're probably getting a thicker cuticle. Thicker cuticle. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. got, it's gotta be. Yeah. It's gotta be. And what about Doug furs? Do you see Doug furs have the tolerance to the heat or do you have to protect them kind of like an Engelman? So... This year, I've given them more sun. So uh, all my furs, I won't say that. I won't say all of them. So, okay, yeah, so here's a little experiment. Mm -hmm. Like some of the furs that are in bonsai pots, um, like I have them, I've changed soil mixture so they're not 311 anymore. It's 111, but still I'm leaving the 16th inch in. Yep. Um. But I'm also putting them in, like, they get morning sun, a little shade, but then they get afternoon sun, mm. you know? And so by the by 5 o'clock, I'll feel them, and they're dry, mm-hmm. you know? And so on some of them, depending on how deep the pot is, on some of them, um, if they're dry, dry, that you can feel, I'll water it. So maybe I'll give it a second watering. Some that were in, like, a, a big, like my big, big fur is in a larger container, pretty deep container. And yeah. so... I'll never water that more than once, but all my furs I put in, I put them in more sunlight and let them get a little drier than I, than I have in the past. I've also though, with some of the collected trees, I've kept them fairly shaded Mm -hmm. and they've put out really strong growth. Like the one that you have here Mm -hmm. that you repotted this year, that was 
that was significantly shaded for most of the time I had it. And yeah. it's put out really, really strong growth. But also I have them where they get almost full sun all day and they... Um, they're far more tolerant than yeah. I thought. But but uh, you know what what jaded me to Doug for because they they are nuanced and we've talked about the nuances a lot in terms of some of their sensitivities. But when that fresh, soft growth is coming out here in the Pacific Northwest, we will inevitably get a hot day every year. It's mm-hmm. happened every single year. This year, the Engelmans burned, oh. even the ones in the shade burned this year. Huh. Which happens. And Doug Fur, when they put that soft new growth out, they have always just gotten annihilated in that sun. So then I naturally thought, oh, they're more sensitive to sun. So I've kept them under a shade cloth. But then two years ago, when we had that 107 degree heat, hmm. I had some Doug Furs out on a bench and I was like, I didn't feel that affectionate towards them, which isn't necessarily the way to pursue bonsai, but we're all human, right? Right. And I was just like, you know what? It's either it can either take it or it can't, mm-hmm. and that's just the way of it. And it seemed to make it much, much stronger to mm-hmm. have it in in really intense heat. Not saying that's a recipe for Doug for for anybody right. listening, but just recognizing that big Dougies stayed out when we've hit a hundred twice now, and I'm I, I think it's probably the best thing for them. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you feel about that. Yeah, especially on on how we water that. Yeah, you know, it's like. And yet, still continues to thrive. And yet, even though we pull back, mm-hmm. you would think that it would it would suffer from that because of the type of tree it is. But I haven't seen that at all. They seem to be quite durable. Just, it's yeah. and it's really interesting because, like, I've collected them off of, you know, it's like granite out at the very top where they're just getting hammered. But the majority of the ones that I find are all understory, mm-hmm. you know, fairly shaded. So it's like, well, north side. Um, so I'll coddle them a little more, keep them a little wetter, this and that. It's like, yeah, they don't. Yeah. But yeah, it's you. They're they can take I think more heat and they can stay a lot drier than yep. uh, than how I'd been treating them before. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Th- those in Colorado spruce seem to be extremely durable, mm-hmm. elongating species. The spruces I'm- are just Colorado spruces. Though they're tough. I don't even I don't they're even think about tough. moving the Colorado uh-huh. spruces anymore. When we're gonna hit a hundred, it's yeah. just like, well, we gotta protect the Engelmans and some of the deciduous, and that's yeah. that's that's about the extent. Yeah. Pretty pretty limited heat protection. Well, what about the one the the fin spruce that's up on the top mm-hmm. by the greenhouse, right? Yeah. We had we had first talked about moving those two spruces out of out of that sun mm-hmm. because it was gonna get pretty pounded yeah. in the afternoon sun. We didn't move them, and I have not seen no effects of that. Yeah, yeah. Which spruce is that? Yeah. The one... There's some Colorado spruce up by the, the veggie garden mm-hmm. or the, um, oh. you know, the optimistic veggie garden. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, mm. the veggie garden that'll bear vegetables someday in the next five it's years. A, it's a flower garden now. It's, you know, it's a natural flower garden. I mean, I, th- I, I think they can take... This loose, can be beautiful too, Troy. Can take yes. as much sun and heat as... Yeah, it seems once like Once they're it. established, yeah. mm-hmm. right? Once they're established. Yeah, but the, thing, the weird thing about it is you'll pull them out of those containers and they'll have literally a, 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 a such a small root system. Oh. You're like, how is <laughs> yeah. this possible? It is, yeah. They are, they are a wildly strong tree. I... I... The sun... Well, this year, because we've been so starved of sun... My feeling is if if a tree is in a position health-wise where it seems like it's moving a lot of water, the more sun, the merrier mm-hmm. is, has been our kind of our uh, thought process. 
and it's and it's been I think it's been very fruitful. Hmm. I, I I we can stop at a hundred though. We don't need to go. We don't need to yeah. go past that. Yeah, yeah. I'm good. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm good. 104, 100, You know, it's yeah. like mm. yeah. The only yeah. hell we want to talk about is the stuff that comes out in the little balls. Not past a hundred. Huh? Hell would be past a hundred degrees. That would be hell. <laughs> Oh, right. oh, that'd be hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah that would yeah. be hell. Yeah, yeah, we've been there. We've done that. We have. Yes, we have, and we, yeah, we've weathered that storm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Do you think we hit a hundred this year already? What was what was Monday or Saturday or Sunday? I mean, they said they said it hit a hundred in Portland. Yeah, and they said they they said because it set a record mm-hmm. for the hottest mm-hmm. day of the year or hottest day yeah. hottest temperature on that day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I think we've hit a hundred. It was it yeah. was hot. It was hot. Even today being 94, it was yeah. it was a little uncomfortable it today. It was warm. Yeah. It was muggy. Mm-hmm. It was just a slight overcast kind of haze in the sky holding the humidity in. That's when it gets real uncomfortable here. So mm-hmm. what do you think the workshop was at? If it was if it was 94 degrees outside, it was probably 94 degrees inside. I don't <laughs> think there's a whole hell of a lot of <laughs> buffering what, what in the workshop. What do you think it is up here at the moment? I would say it's still 94 <laughs> degrees. <laughs> when I was doing the Q&A today, the live mm-hmm. Q&A, I was having a hard time focusing oh. because I closed the door because, you know, you, you're all uh, working in the workshop and I don't, wouldn't ask for that to stop so i closed the door and it just cut off all mm-hmm. airflow so about halfway through the q a eve was reading me the questions and i had to keep asking her what she was talking about because as oh. she was reading it i was drifting off just thinking God, i don't know if i'm gonna be able to make it through this hour <laughs> it was it was very very warm in there mm-hmm. and we had our tech our technology our technology today is all in the studio and that's not good yeah. to expose equipment to that kind of heat mm-hmm. we had two we had two malfunction like major malfunctions today in our technology oh, yeah this morning as as temperatures were ramping up uh so we'll have to we got to figure something out we yeah. ordered an air conditioning unit my little workshop has an ac unit in there now portable ac that's so posh mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i was gonna ask earlier it's like where are the fans uh-huh it's like this. It's it's a little. I've I've gotten a little soft, maybe uh-huh. with yeah, the yeah, air yeah. conditioning yeah. unit. Yeah. But my garage, when it's a hundred outside, it's a hundred and ten in there. Yeah, you know. So. Yeah, that's not cool. It's justified. Yeah, it's justified. When I when I was in Japan, in the third year of my apprenticeship, I started noticing how much air conditioning negatively impacted me. Hmm. Uh, it made me feel so sluggish, and so I slowly acclimated out of air conditioning and. If given the opportunity, which Mr. Kimura, on the really hot days in Japan, which the really hot days in Japan are real hot because mm-hmm. you're talking 90, 95% humidity and 104, 105 Ugh. degrees. Like the heat index on those days was really That's tough brutal. to deal with. Yeah. I can't believe bonsai trees actually thri- like thrive and tolerate that, but they did. Um but I would try to I would try to work outside as much as I could because we would hang a shade cloth in the back and then I could put a fan that would blow directly on me more for the mosquitoes than for the cooling oh, effect uh-huh. to keep the mosquitoes away because you would just get annihilated. Mm-hmm. But uh, but I preferred to work outside mm-hmm. as opposed to in the workshop because Mr. Kamur kept the workshop like 62 degrees. Oh. So it was almost a shock to your body uh-huh. to go in and out of the workshop. And, and then at night in my apartment, my apartment would be just an... Un, unacceptable temperature when I got home, but I put a fan on 
and I just put the fan directly on me while I slept mm-hmm. and sleep on top of the bed. And mm-hmm. I got fine. to where I didn't huh. use an air conditioning unit for the last two and a half years of my apprenticeship. Hmm. Yeah. But I never want to live in a place like that again. High humidity? Yeah. No, thank you. Yeah. Which it's brutal. Yeah. But one of the things that's been interesting talking with you and Adam and Will and some of Mm. the Rocky Mountain Boneside Society members, it seems to me that FOMOPSIS is becoming a bigger issue for you guys in Denver. Yeah, I... Which was not a discussion. This was not a discussion 10 years ago. Maybe it was because it wasn't known or maybe it was because it wasn't happening. But I wanted to ask you about that. I mean, I think the last two years, uh, FOMOPSIS and Rises Fair... On Spruce? On Spruce. No kidding. Yep. Um, not Blues, but Engelman's. Huh. I've, I've been dealing with that more with, with Engelman's since then. Uh, blue Spruces are fine. But yeah, Fomopsis, last year and this year, like this year, pretty much everyone I knew that had junipers were dealing with, uh, with Fomopsis. Did you have an abnormally wet spring? I mean, I didn't. I didn't think so, uh-huh. like, to be honest, but um, I don't know. It was something the majority of my junipers had it. Will's junipers had it. Mm-hmm. Like, Adam, too, was dealing with some needle casts that he hadn't had before. So it was, I don't know, like, this year was a lot of a lot of fungal issues that, that I'm not used to seeing. So. Yeah. But, too, maybe, like, the winters aren't getting as cold. You it's know, true, huh? and it's like it's things are staying a little warmer, and you know, yeah. so um, I don't know. That that's could strong. be that's that a could, strong point. That could be part of it too. But yeah, I'd never like always. Denver's so arid. You know, it's like oh, we don't have to deal with it. It's like oh, guess what? Mm-hmm. You know, so this year I was spraying every seven to ten days. You know, starting in the middle of April. You know, and then we get a cold snap, so it's I'm not spraying, but then we'd come out of it, and then all of a sudden it's like 60, 70 degrees, so it's like, oh, I got a couple days where it's, I better go spray. And then, you know, some other people's that people's trees that me and Will kind of lend a hand with, like her trees were getting just hammered by it. So mm. we're going over there and spraying hers too. So when you spray, are you able to stop it? Yeah, within, I mean, it's, so it seems like like I'll spray spray two, three times, and then all of a sudden, like you can start seeing what it's shedding. But also like during that time, I was fertilizing it really hard. So then they started pushing juvenile. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's like I'll take the juvenile foliage just for growth over like just letting them be, you yeah, know, and chances are they'd probably push juvenile anyway if they, yep. if they're dealing with Fomopsis. So it's like, well, so you think the spray triggered some of the juvenile? I don't, I think the spray helped stop the, mm-hmm. the spread of Fomopsis. Yeah. I think the fertilizer is what, I mean, they're stressed, but I, I don't think like I fertilized them hard. Oh, okay. And I so they you. grew, you know, and the trees, but too the trees that didn't have Fomopsis, I fertilize, but not as hard, but I've still fertilized, and they didn't push juvenile. Mm. But everything that had Fomopsis pushed juvenile. Um, so that was kind of a... So it's like at the moment I have this... I love junipers, but like this spring I was having a love-hate relationship with with junipers. Um, but that's kind of... And too, like being home, it was great because I was able to stay on a schedule 
and I was able to like see if I do this, what happens, you know, and and a lot of that, like in my head, I know if this happens, this should happen, and you know, like talking, it's like you should do this then, mm-hmm. and you should do this then, and but I was, uh, but this whole spring, I've been able to like put it into practice and then actually see for myself how things, yeah. how things reacted. Yeah. Um, so that's really been. I don't know. It's it's been great to actually put it into practice and then like be able to make up my own, you know. I saw this, you know, yeah, and, at this know, time but, and tweak it. And yeah, I f- I feel like I don't know how you feel about this, Troy, but like now at this point, we've spent a large portion of the spring and early summer doing root routine work because we have so many trees that are in now like a routine phase of their life as a bonsai when you think about how we pinched all the elongating species Mm. we got the redwoods taken care of we worked through you know the multi-flush and then we came to the single flush and the like we've been working through it very systematically it was this was really being here and and uh and and not having really anybody be around um was the first time that bonsai that I've ever practiced bonsai at Mirai in the kind of routine that I that I experienced in Japan mm-hmm. and where there's such a significant quantity of trees that need this kind of refinement or routine annual maintenance applied. Mm-hmm. It was it was pretty it was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I, I found that to be really, really enjoyable. Uh, and to have that kind of rhythm to but but it was it's it's been a really interesting transition as the trees have matured, because there is a point when you're just initially styling a tree, it's initially potted and those big operations happen and you're letting it grow out more and it's a little bit delicate. And I was talking with Troy about this yesterday where I said, I, I've, I've gotten to a point where I really have a hard time dealing with or being patient with trees being too precious, mm. too precious. Mm-hmm. Now there is a, there is a moment where every, Yamadori tree needs to be treated as if it is precious mm-hmm. where baby Kraken needs us to be delicate with it or we've got to be careful when right. we move the Utah juniper. You know, we don't want to prune this or fertilize it incorrectly or water it just this way. But you do get to a point where it's like, I want to put this on the dingo and I'm going to drive it into the workshop and I'm going to prune this pretty aggressively Mm -hmm. and I'm going to wire it and I'm going to put it back outside. And because you've gotten past that precious phase and the root system is established and the biology is established, it responds, Mm -hmm. it responds. And Mm -hmm. if you try to do that too early in a Mm -hmm. bone size life, it, it doesn't work so well. It doesn't go very well. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's been to, to be getting valuable trees to a point where they're no longer so delicate Mm -hmm. and so precious and they're starting to get their feet underneath them and they're established and they're standing on their own is has been really rewarding Mm -hmm. to see Mm -hmm. yeah i think of the the the, let's just talk about the four engelmans Mm -hmm. in my mind the one that's on the the cross pot Mm -hmm. okay and then the established uh engelman that's in the in the oval i don't know what that what who made that pot uh it's under the shade cloth right now you always have to water it that Engelman. That's next to the one that's on the cross pot. Oh, 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 yeah. yeah and the that, Saison. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, so, I'm, I'm with you. I'm yeah. with you. Okay, so those two, it's like, I, I, don't, I don't even have to think about it, you yeah, know? No. But the other two, 
you know? Oh man. I have Precious to consider. I, I have to consider before I water those. Do they need water right yep. now? And it's like so, but the other two, I don't even think about it because yep. they've they've established themselves and it's like you know if you water them, you're not gonna impact any sort of yep. health, you know. Yep. It's gonna be perfectly fine. But the other two, you've got to kind of really watch it. Or let's go to the far extent, the Engelman that we styled on the live stream last year over the two-part piece. Mm. That's now in the Ron Lang Strata, Ron and Ron Lang and, and uh, Sharon uh, Strata container, Sharon Edwards Russell. I mean, ultimate delicacy. Mm -hmm. It's it is so precious right yes, now that yes, even moving is. that thing, you hold your mm -hmm. breath, and we get the heat, and it's in full shade, and thirty percent of the needles burn. Mm -hmm. I, this is th this stage. It's almost like at some point, it's kind of like uh, that's. I'm not, this isn't as exciting or fun as it used to be because, but, and that's not true. I mean, right. I, I do enjoy it and you do have to get through that. But the thing that, the thing that we are having to encounter in Bonsai in North America is, is that stage that had already, that bridge had already been crossed in Japan. Mm -hmm. Nobody went to Japan and learned these stages of the evolution mm -hmm. of Japanese bonsai because it happened 30 years ago. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so yeah. what, what we're having to deal with now is, is an intuitive, right? Uh, when you think about it, it's in, it, it just makes sense that, Oh yes, of course this is what's happening. But nobody told us that mm. nobody told me that the first 10 years at Mirai, you know, when you look at that, I would say, I would say the first six of, of 10, the initial six, there were not many trees that were not precious at that point in time. The way that we moved them, the way that we thought about mm -hmm. it, the way that we conducted ourselves was on such a high alert. It was like DEFCON 5 mm -hmm. when you're handling the trees. And, and as they get more established, it's like, oh, thank goodness. Thank goodness that there's going to, there, there hopefully will come a point where you can't be cavalier about it, but you can heavily prune a tree and expect it to respond and mm -hmm. know how it's going to behave. And you can, not think as hard about watering because mm -hmm. you know the root system is established and the the ramification is built it just and you get more into this mode where you can appreciate the trees more and be less fearful or sensitive to all of these little tiny quirks and nuances but it also makes sense that it takes it time mm -hmm. it takes time yeah people may think that oh boy you know, to be able to work here full time must be just an awesome job, right? But think about and the they're stress. Right. And they're, yeah, yeah, they're, they're, they're right. They're right. Correct. They're, they're they're right. <laughs> but the stress that I yeah. physically feel yeah. each and every day when I come to work yeah. and it's like, okay, it's time to water the trees, right? And I come to a tree that we're watching. And it's it's that decision I have to make. Mm -hmm. I can't say every single time, "Hey Ryan, can you come out mm -hmm. here and tell me if I need to water this tree?" Right. You know, I can't do that. I I have to take what knowledge I have yeah. and apply that. Yeah. And that is stressful mm -hmm. because you have to really make that decision because it could impact the tree. Yeah. Yeah. And if you if you're that, if you are that attached to that tree, which you should be, mm -hmm. you've got to make that decision. And that is stressful. Yeah. You know, and it's nice. And I have to say this. So when I go home on Fridays, right, it's like my uh, it's it's off. I don't have to water anymore. Uh, well, no, it's it's not the watering process. Uh -huh. I don't have to. I don't have to be stressed about the the worry about. Do I need to water this tree? Yeah. Do I need to let it sit for a little bit longer? I don't have to. I don't have to worry about that. So that it relieves me. Yeah. So that it's. Yeah. I mean, it's. It may sound funny, but it's. Oh, it's real. No, it's it very is, real. Yeah. Doing bonsai is a huge is. responsibility. Yeah. I think, and particularly.
And there's something, you're in your fifth year of working at Mirai. This spring, I more or less have not tampered with, with Troy's watering. It, we have been working and working together, you know, over the course of the past five years. Troy single-handedly with his watering has, has really improved the garden this year. And I, it, it is, and we've had this mm-hmm. conversation where it's just like to reach a level where we were, were coming out of the compost experiment, which, you know, didn't go very well. And it really, I mean, the success of the garden hinged on proper watering this spring. 120%, if it was pro- improperly watered, it would have completely dove. And if it was properly watered, it, it would slowly recover. And it slowly recovered, mm-hmm. and it's this guy. You know, I mean, and that's a high, yeah. that's a high level. People don't really understand how high a level of bonsai that is because everybody wants to talk about bending and pruning that's easy that is easy mm-hmm. going out there on a daily and multiple times a day basis and making consistent decisions that lead to the incremental increase in health of a tree that is struggling this is the hardest part mm-hmm. of bonsai that yeah. is the deepest yeah. level of practice right yeah. there yeah thank you i appreciate that yeah. but that is true and yeah. that's why i mentioned i don't stress about coming into workshop that's, yeah. that's not a stress. It, that's, you need that's to water this tree. Now, you need, right? Yeah, uh-huh. I, I don't have to worry oh, about yeah. that. Yeah. It's the stress when it comes to yeah. watering the trees. Yeah. That's, that's making that right decision. I so, feel you. Yeah. I feel mm-hmm. you. Even when I'm watering, even when I'm watering, uh, it doesn't get any better. It doesn't get any better. I mean, I've, I've been doing this a long time, and we've recognized, and I've recognized in my own watering, how my own watering can continue to improve every year. Mm-hmm. This year's better than last mm-hmm. year, for sure. Yeah, I always say this is kind of fun, but when people say, "Boy, I'd love to be able to come up here and work," I'll water for you. Uh, I'll yeah. just come up it's and work. Like, no, yeah, I'm like, uh, uh, that, that is the that, last. That thing is the biggest do. insult you can give me oh, is when you man, say that. It's I like, tell you what, you, you think you just open up the wand and just start that? You think that it's just that easy? Just soak them all. Oh my goodness, no, that just yeah, yeah, no, that's craziness. <laughs> yeah, yeah, almost like watering is the peon activity. It's like watering is the thing that you give the <laughs> most knowledgeable, experienced, talent talented person and even then you got to be collaborating and communicating mm-hmm. and yeah, yeah no it's mm-hmm. wiring's easy yeah. yeah if you got a couple people watering the garden you need it like we we always talk about how do you water this tree mm-hmm. so that we're on the same page that every time we come to that tree we're doing the same thing and i'm not doing my thing you're doing your thing yep we just have total chaos at that point it but, would it would be chaos mm-hmm. it would yes. be chaos and that was at mr kimura's each apprentice had a facility I had the back for a majority of my apprenticeship, which was, I don't know, there's seven, six, seven hundred trees in the back. And there's twelve hundred trees total at his facility. The back, the back had two thirds of them. Yeah, so there's yeah maybe eight hundred, and there's maybe four hundred in the front. Mm-hmm. And and when you're in the back watering, that's where all the stuff that's not doing well mm-hmm. is. And that and the kokfu trees are back there. That was really nasty mm-hmm. place to have to be on a daily basis accountable for mm, mm. the the potential for those things to recover or completely mm. bite the dust. And there were and there were some there was some failure. There were some pretty pretty close to catastrophic failures mm. back there. Oh. Yeah. Mm. Well but it, it certainly is a kind of a enjoyable to see things come back yeah. because of the watering process. I think of that little little ponderosa that's in that shallow yeah. round container. That it's it's not that I mean it's just a little tree that's it's, all it it's is. not it's, a great it's, tree yeah, no it's not a great tree but what's great about it is is applying the techniques that, that you've taught me mm-hmm. you know 
water it when it needs, and it, there's not a lot of growth on this, so does it tell me that it needs a lot of water? No, it does not. Mm-hmm. That tells me just the opposite, yep. that I need to make sure that I'm on point when I water that. And here we are, looking at things just, yep. oh my thriving, goodness, thriving, thriving just, multiplying in buds yes. exponentially. Yeah, that, I mean, they're not juicy, but you know what? I'll take what I got. There was a moment last year where you, you just made a declaration, I'm bringing this one back. <laughs> and, and I was hands off. It was Troy's tree. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't water it. He, he handled it. And uh, sure, sure as hell, that thing is coming back. Mm-hmm. That's it. And it looks bone dry all the time. It does. Did you see, okay, there's a branch on this, right? It comes out and you got all these buds, right? Did you see that one branch has been cut off and it's starting to bud? No. Yeah, you need to look at that. I need to go take I look, a look at I'm at like, that. I need my glasses for this because I'm not seeing what I think I'm seeing. But there's like three buds on the end of that little oh, that's branch that's been cut off. I'll I be darned. I'll be darned. Trees are crazy. Trees are absolutely crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We had, we got diplodia, which is mm-hmm. a, a tip blight on, on pines in the garden. And the response that those trees had to that diplodia was the craziest thing mm-hmm. I have seen. It was... what they do? What'd we they got do? we got diplodia on a few limber pine where it knocked out the tip and while the sh- while the, the the shoot was still very soft and it's still the candles elongating maybe the needles had just started to open off of the candle you started to see a few of those needles browning and that's the onset of diplodia so troy and kaufman went through and and we just we pruned past the point of the infection so that you get into just green fleshy tissue there's no brown there's no infection cuz diplodia typically spreads via the spores uh, being carried by the sap, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, they made that pruning. This is before it's ever hardened off, energy positive, all of that stuff. And the quantity of backbutting mm. that occurred on those shoots was really, really impressive. Now, here's the thing, and this is the mystery of bonsai and the mystery of plants. Would that same response have happened if it didn't have diplodia? And the answer is probably no. Mm-hmm. Because when you have a tree experiencing stress, now you're talking about pulling on the enzymatic uh, reactions that occur via the mycorrhizal contact point of endomycorrhiza uh, relationships. And you talk about upregulation via the DNA and genetic upregulation of behavior to respond to this stress. And when you have all those resources now allocated to fend off this pathogen and you make that move, that upregulation is actually what causes that to happen. And you see this too, going back to grafting black pine onto a ponderosa pine. You put that black pine graft into the ponderosa and all of a sudden the ponderosa will bud back on wood that it never would have budded on without any action Mm -hmm. that you could have performed. Because you have this incision and you've got this foreign content of Mm -hmm. hormone and all of a sudden the tree says, "Uh uh-uh. Uh-uh, and it starts budding all over the place. But you would never get that budding without that graft mm-hmm. being inserted. Mm. Upregulation, genetic genetic function is so interesting. Mm. And Ian talked about this a little bit yeah. just in terms of not in the third podcast, but in our prior conversations where, where there are moments with heavy spider mite infestations and stuff like that in vegetable, fruit production, cannabis production, and you knock down the spider mite infestation and the crop that that plant will produce that year will outpace any crop it uh. can produce in another year because you get that upregulation. Hmm. It's really hmm. interesting. Plants are so fascinating. Mm-hmm. But you pay a price. You pay a price. We talked about this today. You pay the price of when a plant upregulates, it's pulling on energy reserves, right? 
and you got to pay back that energy bank at some point. Mm -hmm. You don't just get to continue functioning on that upregulated behavior. And this is where a lot of people make a mistake. Post big repotting, Uh tree starts to behave. Initial year, trees blowing out and going strong on a spruce that's been repotted and just absolutely skyrocketed. And you mishandle that. You can't pay the bank back. Mm-hmm. You got problems. Yeah, it's your, your credit card illustration. Yep. Yeah. yeah, it's credit card. At some point, debt's got to be paid. Yeah. And the mm-hmm. tree as an energy system doesn't have anybody cutting, you know, mm-hmm. uh, pandemic checks. It's yeah. It's got to make all its own money. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, a re, it's a real deal. Yeah. Hmm. That's a good analogy, though, with the... I've and <clears throat> I don't know if I heard you. It may have been at a like when you were doing the one of the BSOP uh, meetings, but about like it's with plants, it's it's cash only. Yeah, you know, and, and it's like only. I've used that before, but but I have also like I you notice that after big repots, and it's like oh, it must be like so happy and it's just growing like crazy. It's like no, it's. It's reacting to stress. Yep. Yep. And it's like, oh, mm-hmm. that's what that's what it's doing. You know, and yep. it's like thinking about that and then figuring it out. It's like, oh yeah, that's what it's doing. It's like, oh, I can do all this. It grew great. I can do all this, Prune you know, it, the regular work. It. And the, it's like, oh no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. Mm-hmm. Hold. <laughs> yeah, wait. Hold. <laughs> yeah. No, that was driven home. Man, that was driven home with some of the spruce because with the elongating species. With the elongating species, whether it's a hemlock, whether it's a spruce, whether it's a Doug fir, this is why the Doug fir that I got from you that's in Frank, the Tom Benda pot, hasn't been styled mm-hmm. yet because it it was a super gnarly repot. It took it a while to start growing, but then it but when it did start growing, it grew it grew well, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. It put out mm-hmm. a, a healthy amount of growth. Yeah. That's not real. Uh-huh. That's not real. Uh-huh. That's that's borrowed that's borrowed energy it's, right yeah, there. Yeah. And and you have to know that the fall season is when that energy gets paid back. So if I touch it, I style it, I prune it before I get to that fall season, then I don't restock the coffers and I got problems. Mm-hmm. For the next two, mm-hmm. three years, mm-hmm. I got problems. And that was driven home last year with the big Colorado that responded so well to the repot. And 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 we came back and we thinned it and we did all the work and all that. And this year it didn't it didn't grow. It's not unhealthy. This is this is the the oh, big yeah. ancient yeah, Colorado. Okay. Yeah. It's not unhealthy, but we exhausted the it's stock just pile. sitting there. It's yeah. just it's like it, yeah, no, mm-mm. it's like give me to fall. Yeah. Give me to fall because I didn't have anything left for spring. I put it all out there last year. And this is this is why repotting elongating species right as the bud is opening is so paramount because you are guaranteed, or at least unless you just royally screw the pooch, you're guaranteed that that foyer mass is coming yeah, out. A flush of growth. You're going to get that mm-hmm. growth. It's already started and you can't stop it, right? So even if you reduce the roots heavily, that solar panel is out there. But if you tamper with that mm-hmm. solar panel before it's paid back the system and the paying back is developmental rebuilding of roots, expansion of, of, of uh, vascular tissue over the fall season to get the back buds to expand the solar panels to, to help the tree really recover. You tamper with that, man. You're, you're delaying the process by several years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. comes back to that whole precious moment again, you know, because now you got a tree in a precious moment. Yeah. And, and this is where talking about the Engelman from the stream in the Ron Lang that thing blew out from the repotting this spring. I mean, the growth is 
what, three, four inches mm-hmm. long. And I'm thinking, I'm going to pinch this thing. And then I was like, you know, that, it didn't really have that good of roots. What's happening uh-huh. here? And I didn't pinch it. Could you imagine what would happen had I gone back in and pinched every single piece mm-hmm. of growth on that thing? Could probably, you imagine where we would be? We wouldn't be talking about it right now. We wouldn't be talking about it. No. We would be trying to explain to the owner what the hell happened to <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> it would be a dead tree. Yeah. Without but, a doubt, 100%. Mm-hmm. An ancient Engelman of that. Mm-hmm. And, and you've got that twisting trunk and you've got that hollow core. So your water transport is at a minimum. Mm-hmm. This is the recipe. Each Each character that you stack onto that you're talking about another degree of preciousness. Mm-hmm. It's it's it, it, these are the things only experience can teach you. I feel like nobody mm-hmm. nobody uh, no nobody wrote that in a book. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and it's also very easy to see why this is. It's very easy to see why so many of the original collected trees don't exist anymore. Mm. And you talk about faulty technique. Faulty technique, I'm now recognizing, was a part of it. It's like learning the language in Japan versus learning the culture, right? Mm-hmm. The language is tough. The mm-hmm. culture is almost impossible. Mm-hmm. What took longer? Well, learning the culture. The language mm-hmm. of the tree in terms of, you know, the techniques, etc. that's one thing. The culture of the tree in terms of understanding these nuances, that's a much deeper dive into the cerebral intricacies of bonsai that's what you spend your life trying to yeah. figure out. That's the one right there. That's really good insight. Mm-hmm. That's really good insight. And also, like, your observation on root work, big flush, you know, flush of growth, working it next year, like, making that understanding. Because mm-hmm. we talked about it, you know, yeah. like, on the phone. It's like, huh, I've had that too. Why is It's like, oh, you know, it's it's a... A reaction to a, a stress, you yep. know. But a lot of people are like, "Oh, it grew, it grew great last year after I repotted. Now it's suffering." Yep. It's like, ah, this is why. There it is. Ding, this ding, is ding. why. Yep. Yeah. There it is. And that, and I think that's a common question that is asked. It is. I, I repotted it last year. Grew great. I fertilized it this year. It's not doing much. Mm-hmm. Why not? Mm-hmm. Took money out of the bank. Mm-hmm. Took money mm-hmm. out of the bank. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's uh, and and it's universal too. This is a plant behavior. This is just a plant behavior. Hmm. It's really even on deciduous, which you, which I do think with deciduous and high water mobility, you can use fertilizer as more of a growth propellant than you can with conifers hmm. because they're moving so much more indiscriminate resource through the tree. But even there, you do have to be very, very careful. You got to be very, very careful because deciduous tridents, particularly, hmm. I feel like can 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 definitely deplete the coffers pretty quick hmm. if you're not careful. That's where you see the whole notion of full defoliation year mm-hmm. after year after year, and all of a sudden one year it just doesn't, it doesn't respond. respond. Mm-hmm. No. That's a tree that that's a tree that was pulling pulling on uh, pulling on an empty piggy bank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that, and I also think the dynamic of the of the environment when you talk about the impact. <laughs> When you talk about the impact of of the landscape that surrounds the garden or the facility, mm-hmm. I mean, you're going to have a major shift to your environment yeah. when that ash tree comes down. Yeah, hmm. and so, like in a way, it's good. It's good that I'm going to be around, you know, more when that when that does happen because 
like having that down and then putting stress on, you know, my watering guide, you know, cause he can only be there so much. And then like I got, I got married a couple weeks ago. And so like when I'm gone now, I have her like check mm-hmm. certain trees, but like trying to like get her to understand it's like, this is a limber that I repotted this year mm-hmm. and I was fairly aggressive. So when you're feeling this, if it's wet, don't, you know, and like mm-hmm. trying to, it's like the top yeah. of your hand and, and it's like, what time is it? You know? And that's it too. It's like, well, when can you do it? Is it four o'clock? Is it six o'clock? Is yeah. it, you know? So all the, it's like, I, I like, I, I just tell her like, when in doubt, if you're iffy, water it, except for the limber, mm-hmm. you know? And what she hears is just, Womp, 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 no, womp, womp, she doesn't. Womp, womp, no, she doesn't. I don't. Well, Bless you, Bridget. Bless you. Yeah, maybe. Uh, we'll ask her. We'll, we'll ask her. I, hopefully she doesn't. No, she doesn't. But there's a sale on at Target this week yeah. while you're telling her about the limber. It's so funny that Todd's like, yeah, I just got married a few weeks ago because everybody that's listening is like, what, what? Yeah. Just you're talking about watering. You got married. Congratulations, man. Yeah, no, thanks. No, because we were going to do it next year. Mm-hmm. But then... We didn't know like when could we have a like a celebration or when mm-hmm. were, would we be able to have a wedding? So it's like let's just go to Justice of the Peace, um, and then like her father knew like one of the judges there, so he's like, "Do you want to have it anywhere?" So it's like, "Yeah, let's go crash the Denver Botanic Gardens, which usually costs several thousand dollars." So we just snuck in there. We just snuck in there, had a ten minute ceremony, and and I mean it was it was really nice, you know, Badass. but um. That's awesome. know, we were like, let's just, let's just do it. So. Yeah, yeah. So marriage. Yeah. Wow. She's awesome though. She's awesome and supports what I do. And yeah, because that would have been an issue. If, yeah. You know, it's so anyway. Bonsai. But, I think I might have. Uh, I think I may have said this in a former podcast when I was in college. Ted Madsen was was one of my mentors I was in his study group and he told me one day we were, we were talking about some bonsai personality and, and he said, uh, you know, bonsai has claimed a lot of marriages. <laughs> that's just, um, that's just the kind of dedication that it takes. And I remember in college thinking, huh, God, that seems extreme. Hmm. Turns out it's true. It makes sense. Turns out it's yeah. true. <laughs> Turns out hmm. it's pretty darn true. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it. The way that we talk about bonsai, like when we're just rapping here, and and I I I do enjoy listening to the asymmetry podcast and our conversations afterwards. Uh, for somebody that doesn't like bonsai, they've got to be like this. This is crazy. This is crazy. I've got Nancy wrapped up in four gauge. She's not going anywhere. She's <laughs> <laughs> forcing her to listen to Bonesai podcasts and watch videos on YouTube. Bonesai videos. Man. What's it like? Uh, what's it like making videos now? You've got videos on YouTube. You've got a YouTube channel. I do, yeah, I do. I do. It's like I just, I went, got a nice camera. I got some... Um lights and so you know and then i I bought some nice software so you mm-hmm. can you know edit stuff and it doesn't look yeah, like it's you on my... how to do all that i hired a bunch of people that knew how to do it i didn't well when i was working for kong i did like videos and stuff like gotcha. that so that's kind of how i so you already had experience that. in that i had some yeah Damn, i mean but too it's daunting like, man yeah but my exp- my 
my videos versus yours are a whole different it's not, it's not, a whole not, it's not mine well, the, not mine yeah, not like i made that's it, not like i'm shows, like yes it I, shows that you have a whole i do i do make video no it's no, a, no there's your a, team there's is, an incredible it's, team yeah it's 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 really great what you do so but no i mean and that's something too like most of it like i'll sometimes explain kind of what what i'm thinking or when i'm done i'll say like these were different options that were going through my head so i think like expanding that mm -hmm. would be a good idea um and then there's, but there's also times where like, I'm just going to experiment with a tree and it's like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to videotape it. And I'm not going to show like how it was one way and then, you know, and then like change of direction how, cause that's not that that's more like for me learning than like trying to kind of, if I know what I'm going to do ahead of time and then I can kind of show people yeah. like over at, you know, a time yeah. lapse how it is. Mm. But I think, I think it would be, it would be good to expand a little more and let people understand my, my thought process as I'm going through it instead of just like, sometimes I just assume, you know, this branch is here. I'm putting it here. People should understand that, you mm -hmm. know, but it's like, there's, there's more to it than that. And it'd be something I, I should, I should let people know my thought process and how I'm thinking through this and why I'm making those decisions because everything I do, whether like people like it or not, I've, I've thought through a reasoning why I'm going to do it. So yep. everything, and it's funny, I, I posted a tree and some guy wrote me who's, who I have a ton of respect for. And he's like, I feel like, I feel like you could have done more to, than you did to this tree, but I know everything you do is calculated. And so I wrote him back as like, thanks. Yeah. It's like the reason I did this was because this is what, you know, I just told him my thought process, mm -hmm. you know? So it's like, he, he knew that I think through things mm -hmm. before, you know, before there's I do intention. Them. There's an intentional there's intention reason. Day. Mm -hmm. And they, I think he maybe even said that he's like, I know everything you do is very intentional. I just, I, to me, I thought this and it's like, yeah, that's, I think that's the biggest compliment you can get in bonsai. Yeah, I I took it as like it was a huge compliment compliment from this person. Mm -hmm. You know, because it's like whether you agreed with what I did or not, you mm -hmm. knew that I did it on purpose. Yeah. And it's like, oh, that's it was. It was like the it, one of the greatest compliments I could have gotten. And maybe that maybe that is what's happening now more than ever is the intentionality that that you're starting to see with people's work and and the choices being not trying to duplicate but intentionally deciding on those choices mm -hmm. i and it's always been in japanese bonsai when when i first started my apprenticeship i was really i didn't realize that there was so much thought that could go into bonsai design and mr kimura put that thought in and it was it was enlightening to recognize mm -hmm. oh oh this is this is very Oh, he's actually making, oh, wow. It was just, it should have been intuitive. I should have been able to know that, but I didn't. I didn't have exposure to bonsai mm -hmm. as a practice mm -hmm. on that level, right? And, and you're seeing more and more bonsai practitioners in Europe and North America and other parts of the world, um, South America, Central America. There's some fantastic practitioners that are making really intentional decisions about their trees and design and mm -hmm bonsai and it's it's really um uh refreshing mm -hmm. and 
invigorating mm. to see that and recognize that that's an intentional action and and aesthetic that's been created. Ooh, there there's value in that. There's interest in that. There is, and like once, like once that decision's made, if it works and you see it, it's like oh, of course that makes sense. But mm-hmm. to actually like the thought process to go through that to actually do whatever piece of work or the move that it takes or the placement of it. It's yeah. It's it's like that. There is something special about cognitively making that choice. Yes. But like, once you see it, it's like, yeah, that yes. makes sense now, yep. you know? Yep. So yes, the process. Yeah. The process. I was talking with, uh, I was talking with Nico last night. We had a conversation till like midnight and, and we were, he was talking, he, he because N- Nico's here, you know, uh, interning with us and he's kind of seeing all of this happen. And he's like, Hey, are the, you know, what's your impression of creativity? Are there different forms of creativity and stuff? And I, I told him that I, I thought that there definitely was. And I thought that there was intelligent creativity and I thought there was intuitive creativity. And th- this makes mm. a lot of sense mm-hmm. to me. Intelligent creativity is a handling of the material, a handling of the tools, an understanding of the systems and the process. And via that, being able to intelligently deduce an aesthetic result, right? Intelligently deduce and intelligently produce an aesthetic result. Intuitive creativity seems to me to be, it wouldn't matter if the person had all the tools or none of the tools, had all of the best material or the worst material, or was even familiar with the medium or not. The intuition of an intuitive creative is that what they touch is going to be beautiful no Mm. matter what Mm -hmm. it is. And at Mirai, working over the course of the past 10 years, having experienced intuitive, creative people and having experienced intelligently creative people, you can't, you can't say that one is better than another. But when you work with intuitive creativity, there is no mistaking mm. what that is. Mm-hmm. It is just something that stands apart. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's, it's oftentimes the most unquantifiable. Uh, it's oftentimes the most uncapturable you know there's no definition for it there's no structure to it necessarily it just is something that stands on its own mm-hmm. i think it's the same like musicians like you could have musicians that like studied theory and went to college and then you have the musician that just picked up the guitar and just like figured things out and he doesn't know all the theory but he just mm. he creates this beautiful music yeah. you know so yeah. it's, it's like I, that that makes sense to me because musicians are the and then you get the musician that went to college, studied and knows it, but didn't need to and could have just picked mm, it up. Yeah. And all of a sudden you just have it's something like that's like, well, yeah. well now this we're, guy's now on we're going to another thing. Yeah. Now we're going to the next the next dimension. Yeah. 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 It's so it's so interesting to see the way that different people's minds work and to have more minds applied to the art of bonsai. There are definitely intuitive, creative, intuitively creative people involved in bonsai now. And that, that is very special mm-hmm. to see. That's extremely special mm-hmm. to see. Yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait to see the maturation of, of more mm-hmm. of it, you know? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see 
Like, too, what comes out of... Because I've been home, but so have a lot of other people. So it's like, I'm growing, you're growing, who else is... You know, everyone else, like, a lot of other people are growing. So it's it'll, it'll be interesting to see, like, this next plateau of learning from all these people and, yeah. and what they do with it. And then, like, how does that... I don't know, how does this time that we're in redirect our our artistic abilities and i've never and, thought i didn't think about that mm-hmm. i did not think about that just on a grander scale mm-hmm. of getting to marinate in your current mm-hmm. situation mm-hmm. and try to refine and improve and getting that time to just dig in dig in and dig in yeah. and invest yep. yeah yeah wow i i uh I was bummed that the national show was canceled, obviously, but I did have big concerns about people making the trip or that being something that was going to be feasible. And I think, you know, that was probably a tough call for Bill to make. Um, But I think it it, it probably stands that it it is the best thing for the national show's success. But uh, it will be interesting to see what the caliber mm-hmm. of the next national show, sure. because when you say like what everybody has been doing and how this has sort of saturated or marinated their within their process, it seems the only proving ground for that is an exhibition like the national mm-hmm. show or like a artisan's cup or something of mm-hmm. that scale, uh, where you have enough trees in a singular area that are potentially known or potentially have been seen before. And now you're seeing more. Mm-hmm more evolution, more, more technique, more yeah. time, more creativity, all that stuff. Yeah. But I know just for the, just for the intensive students that have been here since the onset of the pandemic, that there has been a very noticeable change in the demeanor and nature of the work that's happening mm-hmm. in the workshop. And, and it, and it's been palpable Mm -hmm. not like everybody's like oh we're here let's do it it's it's different Uh it's different than that Uh it's it's a lot more uh focused Focused. and cerebral i was gonna say that too like Mm -hmm. even today in the workshop it's Mm -hmm. i don't know there's just there's a different vibe here yeah than than there has been in the in the in the past so yeah yeah what do you think about? Did you notice that? Charlie? I was I was just thinking about that. What you were saying. We had had that little conversation about the pros and cons of the media, right? Uh-huh. And one of the questions that was one of the cons was that of uh, it can homogenize culture, right? And I'm thinking, well, how does this how does it relate to you know bonsai? Well, you know, five ten years ago, I mean, we didn't have what we see today on social media for bonsai, right? Yeah. You've got all the all the individuals that are on Instagram, on YouTube that do bonsai and you can see what they're doing, but five, 10 years ago, you couldn't do that. Yeah. It wasn't there. Yeah. Mirai Live wasn't part of that. You know, it was so we're seeing that today. Everything's there. So it's all at our it's it's all at our fingertips, basically. And you see that, you get inspiration from that. You go out in your backyard and you do things. Mm-hmm. Whereas before you just had a couple magazines and you had a few books, and it's like, okay, well, I'm gonna go back inside and have a beer. Yeah, exactly. Watch some TV, you know, I mean, it's Jeffrey real time like now. That. Yeah, it's real like time. Like it's yeah. real time. It's like yeah. okay, this person did this yeah. yesterday. You and did this person did this the other day, right? Yeah, comment, I did. Right? I, yeah, I did. When did I come out here? Tuesday. I finished it Monday. Mm-hmm. You know. And there's something about that knowing that it's it's happening within my yeah. within that within a period of time. Yeah. 
It ha- it didn't happen to like when I'm Three scrolling down ago, YouTube or, mm-hmm. and I see videos of like eight, ten years, I'm not interested in watching them. Mm-hmm. They're just I'm not I'm not interested yeah. in it, you know. Yeah. But I, I want to see what's happening now. Yeah. And so I think so like you like you were saying, it's like I, I it would be interesting to see with with this whole people having to kind of pull back on their association with others and seeing what's happening in their backyard, seeing what sort of inspiration they're getting from the 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 platforms yep. and seeing what's going to come out of that. You know, so I, I yeah. Boy, I've never thought about it like that. That's fascinating. Mm-hmm. Real, t- it is real time. Mm-hmm. It, I know what Todd Schlafer did on Monday. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I've never, I've never, re- that's so funny. That's, it just make it makes me feel so dense to not have connected the dots. But when you put it that way, it's like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And when you do see older posts, it is like, well, okay, mm-hmm. that's kind of. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> you know, it's like, but yeah, you're you're keeping up with people. I, I've found this to be rather. I've found this to be rather interesting and uh, quasi quasi disappointing. And and I'm absolutely uh, being self critical about this. But for as much bonsai as is happening currently, there isn't. And maybe Instagram has taken over as the communication tool for bonsai, but on Facebook to find good bonsai mm-hmm. being done is really challenging. Yeah. And and I and I I don't really know why. I don't know if it's because of the change of their algorithm, and you're not, and, and it's harder to get to see the people unless you go directly to their page, or is it not being served up? Like, has it become right. too massive and it's being diluted? But. Um, for as much real time as is possible to see, there isn't a lot of real time bonsai being shown necessarily. Mm-hmm. Have you? Do you know what I'm saying? I do. Yeah. There's, and keeping up with yeah. social media is a career. It's a career. It's I a mean, career but too, for on, people. Like Instagram, you can pick who you're following. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. So I'm very poignant about who I see sure. on Instagram, and it's like. Yeah, so I think that I think that's part, but I I think I think Facebook is just flooded, and like all the different groups, and you know, it's yeah. Well, I, I find you just type yeah, in bonsai maybe. in Instagram's uh, whatever that little bar is, right? And all these people come up, and you just you just click on one, and and that first picture is going to tell me, do I need to spend any more time scrolling down? Oh, interesting. And that first picture is going to grab me. If if it doesn't grab me, boom, I'm on to the next one. But, boom, I'm on to the next one. But that's, that's the thing too. Pressure, it's like man. you're mm-hmm. only you're only as good as your last piece of work. Cuz if you click on my Instagram and you see the comment and you don't like it, maybe you don't look through yeah. anything else where mm-hmm. there's some nice pieces down there. Mm-hmm. But it's like that's something too. It's like whenever you post stuff, I don't know, it's like I need to make this look not that I don't ever try, but it's like you're only as good as your last piece of work. It's like I did a I did worked on furs in April, and those trees turned out really good. But if what I do tomorrow doesn't look good, then yeah, I think I, I just know. started it's... following you after comment. So <laughs> <laughs> it took till it took till comment before Troy no, was a believer. You did... <laughs> no, I'm kidding. You did one other I'm one. Joking. I went to follow you back, and it's like it's got to be approved. It's like oh. I know. Sakes, Troy, I know. just let me follow I just, you. So I just I can, bypass that. So I can send you messages. <laughs> yeah, I just bypass <laughs> no. Troy Cardozo no. on Instagram now. But yeah, well, that's that's interesting. What you said about you know, if you don't if you don't give it time, you have to look through. But I don't know. It's 
But well, I do the but, same yeah, thing. But I, there's I truth do the in that. Thing. There's yeah, truth there in is, that. There's yeah. accountability. Yeah. You know, it creates yeah. accountability. You're gonna you're gonna put your best foot forward, or you're gonna take. But but it's a weird it's a weird deal because trying to keep up with social media has become an accepted aspect of business, and it is a full time mm-hmm. job. It it really is. Because if that's the case, you can't just kind of willy nilly be like, oh no, here's a this is good for today. Because mm-hmm. then if somebody sees that and they're like, well, that's not good enough for me, mm-hmm. then then that's it. But that's mm-hmm. kind of where the stories come into play. That's where I do mm. that. It's like posts are posts, but then the stories, it's like like you put a snake up yesterday or something, and it's like Damn, that thing's big. It was the <laughs> biggest huge. snake. That, yeah, I mean, that was that, a that was big a, snake. That was a big snake uh-huh. for a gardener. To see Ryan jump. <laughs> I mean, I, I didn't, it was I'm on the stone and I didn't I didn't know it was there. And then when I saw it and it registered, I just uh-huh. boom, mongoose style. <laughs> I, I I am horrified of snakes. So. Yeah. The black widow that Troy brought brought into the workshop was impressive too. Yeah. I've been hunting that sinking black widow for the last year and a half. That's... It was on a collected ponderosa down below in the container yard. And I could see the, the cobwebs were so, you know, they're, they're not this they're perfect sporadic. cobweb. They're just all over the place, uh-huh. right? And you go and you touch it, bing, you know, oh, that's Black Widow. Uh-huh. You know, coming from California, you know Black Widows. And uh, so I thought, well, maybe one day when I'm here late in the evening, I'll come down there with a flashlight and I can find him, right? Or find her. And it, that just never happened. And so finally the other day, I moved that, that Ponderosa, but I was very careful because I knew there was one here. So I moved it. And I started watering a, a tree that was next to it, and all of a sudden I seen this, this little black widow. Well, not little. This black widow was on the on the gravel. I'm like, I've never seen one that big before. Yeah, it's not little. My leg off. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's the big. queen of all yes, black widows. Is, that yes, is the, yes. So we had the queen of all black widows, and then we got this massive, just absolutely gargantuan gardener. I didn't even know gardener snakes could get mm. that big. That, I was going to ask you that, because that, that if healthy. it was, that is the biggest gardener snake I've ever seen. Troy did research on it. Yeah, 10 years, I guess they can live, right? And so... That I mean, one has to be 11. Then. Yeah, that's... that's <laughs> it's because big. That's that's snake is big. It, it, yeah. it, it was like seeing a small rattlesnake. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can the, you say kebab? Kebab? Just... And, oh, you know, no. Kebab? No. Uh, no. Yeah, and the orange, the really vibrant in the yeah. in the Instagram story, you couldn't even the colors just it was orange and blue and Did black. we not see some turquoise on that belly too? Yeah, it That's was like, it was like it was really pretty. It was really really yeah. pretty. And mm-hmm. we we've got them all over the place. We've got black ones with little yellow streaks down them and stuff, mm-hmm. but I've never seen anything like yeah. that. And the red racers, I think. Yeah, they the red call racers. Those little red racers, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. That one was just like I'm not moving for anybody. Mm-hmm. I couldn't care less what you think of me. <laughs> I was like, wow, you are a stately sir. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Todd, it's good to have you out, man. Yeah, it's great being I'm glad we got to wrap and catch up. Yeah, and me too. Yeah. I always enjoy it. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's good to have so you. So you just kind of just hunkering down for the next uh, few months until things kind of open up or I don't know. I mean I'm playing I'm playing it by ear, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like kind of waiting. Like cause after this trip I was going to Michigan. But I was going to be gone two weeks with different people pretty much every day. Oh, and it was like, oh, yeah, that's tough. I just talked to, you know, to Tim out there who was organizing it. And he's like, I, I was like, what do you think? And he's like, I, I think it's a little risky. And I go, I, I, th- I think it was too, yeah. you know, because two, I don't want to give it to anyone. It's a lot of exposure. 
I would be fine, but I'm not sure about them. And then also, if I got it, I'm stuck. Mm -hmm. I'm stuck out there. And so I was like, well. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Because coming coming here, it's like such a delicate thing. It's like, oh, you'll go there, but you won't go here and stuff. But it's like, well, the the nuances of the action. Mm -hmm. You come here, you're in a singular place. Mm -hmm. You're with the same people. We're all in our Mm -hmm. spaces and doing. And it's like, yeah, going to a new place each day and a number of locations. And yeah, it's, it's, Mm -hmm. man, it's a lot. So, but I, I don't know. It's like people are asking, what do you think about coming out here? It's like, I don't know. Let's touch base mm-hmm. a week or two ahead of time and let's see, you know? So it's like maybe, maybe two, like, cause I'm cutting back on traveling, but two, like maybe it is a thing where it's like, okay, maybe I do fly somewhere, but it's for shorter, shorter periods of time instead of Mm-hmm. several weeks I, i'm not exactly sure what that's going to look like but. or maybe or maybe your travel is to work with singular individuals mm-hmm. or in a singular place mm-hmm. or something like sure. that where it's mm-hmm. a lot more concentrated yeah. and focused and yeah. controlled or something but at this point it's just like if i can drive there um i'm considering that you know because mm-hmm. i can drive most places that i'd be going to in a day mm-hmm. and then if I get gas, I'm not exposed to anyone. If I have to go in to use the bathroom or get a drink, then I can put a mask on in and out. You know, mm. so it's like I yeah. can I can I can guard myself from that. Mm. So um God, it's the middle of the summer too right now, mm. which is what's unfortunate because you go places and if you're gonna be outside or you know, you're like you're not in a confined environment, it's like, oh cool, how about ninety eight degrees and, and uh, you know, yeah. eighty five, ninety percent humidity in Iowa? Cool. Yeah. Let's do that. Let's, no. let's, yeah. Yeah. And 120 inside your mask. Oh, straight yeah. up. 120. Those masks are burly yeah. on hot mm-hmm. days. Yeah. You know that guy on Instagram, the Michigan bonsai fella? What's who's that guy that has all the cedars and I don't know what his name is, you, but I certainly enjoy following him. Yeah. You don't you don't know that fella. I can't rip uh is his name Mike? Spinel Spinek? Spin mm. something. Mm-hmm. Have you been to his backyard? I haven't, no. but I was a judge out there for that mid, I think it was mid Michigan show or something last okay. year. And he had, uh, he had a tree in there hmm. that, I mean, his, his collected trees, those, those trees are, they're, they're stunning. Yes, they're pretty they nice. Are, level. Yes. They're, nice. Yeah. they're, they're, they're very nice. So mm-hmm. yeah, his garden seems to be really nice yeah. and, mm-hmm. and, and creative and stuff. Yeah. It's, hey, hey, it's people doing interesting things. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, Jason Eider. I, mm, I, 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 what is he doing? He, I, I think he's just kind of doing his thing uh-huh. up in Seattle. Yeah, we've touched base and stuff. I don't oh, know if cool. he's been making any stands lately. I know he's he's been working on his his home yeah. and and uh, and kind of putting his time and attention into that. But he's there's a there's an intuitive creative whatever uh-huh. whatever he's gonna touch is gonna be beautiful and he's his backyard his trees his collection have that kind of vibe and you've got this gentleman in michigan whatever he's doing mm, yeah. seems, seems to be working yeah. and it's mm-hmm. really it's really enjoyable to mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. to see what he's doing and and see his kind of creativity and mm-hmm. the environment he's yeah. creating yes it's that's it's fun mm-hmm. it's fun it fun is. time to be doing bonsai you could be down about where we're at right now it's just plenty to be down about but it's like now well, there's there is there is some lemonade to be drank here sure you know yeah yeah there's some lemonade to be drank yep. 
Yeah. Cool. Todd, I look forward to the rest of the weekend with you. Yeah, me yep. too. Yeah, and be safe. Yep, you too. Cool. All right, Mr. T. Yes, sir. O-double-D. Yes, sir.